0: Welcome to the second instalment of In Conversation with Abel, a mini series discussing global issues impacting the beauty industry today. Consumer behaviours have changed. It's a tourism of COVID-19. People now want to buy from, work for, talk about, and partner with companies that deliver bold solutions for both humankind and planet kind. So, how can a beauty company? transform its business model to meet the expectations of the post-COVID conscious consumer. To help me answer these questions and more, it is my pleasure to introduce this month's panel. Hello to Joanna Gorsman, Director, CSR and Sustainability at Avon. Hello to Claire Durst, CEO of Good Business, Amy Boudbo, Co-Founder of Seismic Consulting, and Natalie Deacon, President at Avon Foundation. Welcome everybody. Hello. 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 Joanna, let's start with you. What in 2021 are the key social drivers influencing the need for beauty companies to become sustainable?
1: Um, it's a very good question because we've just come out of a very difficult year uh, where we saw COVID-19 really impacting on um people's behavior the way they work the way they travel um i think natalie will speak probably later more about the emergence of um problems in the house like domestic violence that we needed to address um more poverty people losing their jobs having to be conscious of pricing of products um we've also seen in the last year a lot of um awareness Um, for um, sustainability and climate change, not only with the young generation, but also with the baby boomers, all the generation, very aware of the need to uh, reduce plastic pollution and um, air pollution. Um, We are also seeing a trend to embed more diversity and inclusion in our workforce and really uh, focus on supply chains in particular and the rights of employers, um, employees in the supply chain. And so th- all these drivers are going to shape the way we do sustainability and do business in 2021. And for you, Claire, at Good
0: Business, do you see this in your research?
2: Yes, we definitely do. Um, I think Joanna touched upon something that we're seeing becoming increasingly important, which is um, people's interest in what goes on in a company's supply chain. So it isn't just about the company's own footprint anymore. The supply chain is becoming increasingly important. I think for a company like Avon, that throws up some really interesting questions. It has such a focus on helping and supporting women, and we know that women have been disproportionately affected economically by COVID um, in terms of the effect on their income. Um, So finding ways to support women uh, working not just for Avon but also in the supply chain I think is something that's going to be a really interesting opportunity for the business going forward. And
0: uh, for you Amy at Seismic how does that transfer into a B Corp certification? Well
3: I think that you know companies find it so overwhelming to know where to begin with all of these kind of topics and it's, it can be quite an overwhelming uh, world out there. It's difficult to know where to start. So having the B Corp framework, the B Impact Assessment really helps for companies to, first of all, establish an understanding of what they're currently doing, but also to really highlight what are the areas that they could be improving in, and what are some of the practical steps that they can take to start out on that journey and, uh, and work on improving their impact
0: and how has Avon foundation transferred this into their their
4: um foundation natalie well we've seen uh, across the board um you know, as my fellow panelists have teed up we've seen an increased focus on people as well as planet and People is really where the Avon Foundation and actually Avon's core mission comes into play in terms of really driving positive social change. And I think that's one of the big changes we've seen over the last 12 months coming out of the pandemic, this increased focus on inclusion and tolerance um, and attention to humanity and and humankind. So for us um, at Avon, in terms of focusing on how can we help to support women through our business, whether it's supporting female entrepreneurship, uh, helping the next generation of female scientists, for example, um, wider than the business through the Avon Foundation. One of the key issues that we've been tackling is gender based violence. And an unintended consequence of lockdown last year was a spike in countries across the world in domestic violence. And we have been stepping up our efforts to tackle that by donating, by supporting frontline services. But I would say gender-based violence actually is rooted in gender inequality. We've seen gender inequality expand over the last 12 months and whilst for us at avon our core business is rooted in helping to create a better world for women i would also argue that we as an industry we, we all have large communities of women and we've all got a responsibility here to tackle that wider gender widening gender divide and to help to support women you know inside and outside of our organizations and
0: Joanna, in two thousand and twenty-one, what are the key digital drivers facilitating beauty brands' sustainability ambitions?
1: So we've all seen that brands cannot hide anymore. Did um, the, the digital world had open up discussion around environmental issues, social issues. So it's very important that companies are very transparent and open around. You know, if we look at the ESG themes on the governance side. Transparency is really important. Clear communication is important. But also, there's lots of opportunities, as Natalie mentioned, to, um, for example, help women and girls who are victims of violence, for example, to tell them what they can do and how to seek help. Um, On the environmental side, there's a huge opportunity through the digital platforms to help educate consumers on the um, responsible consumption and disposal of beauty products and beauty packaging. And that's something we're going to really focus on in 2021.
0: And uh, Good Business Claire, do you advise um,
2: digital communications to your clients? Yeah, I think it's all about Using digital communications to support um, transparency and education, I think, which are themes Joanna rightly picked up on. They're the, they're the two areas where I think we feel it can make the biggest difference. Um, you know, in terms of education, there are so many opportunities to allow consumers to find out the information that they want to find out without overwhelming them. That's the joy of a well sort of put together piece of digital communications. It allows you to do that looking, for example, at the use of um, things like invisible barcodes that are embedded in packaging so it doesn't destroy the look and feel of the packaging, but you can point your mobile phone at it and that will be scanned and take you to a page where more information can be made available to consumers on things like how to dispose of of packaging in their local area. So that's really exciting to us. Um, I think on the transparency point, we're seeing some really interesting innovations for example particularly in the cosmetics industry uh, companies using blockchain to ensure transparency right through the supply chain we know that's something that consumers really care about so i I do think it really allows brands to tell their story on their own terms as joanna says though it it really does turn a spotlight i think on on what they're doing and allow for a much more nuanced discussion that's that's uh, than than has been the case in the past and i think for brands it's about Knowing how and when to engage uh, and how to put their sided the story forward um, in a way that's convincing and credible.
0: And at Seismic, Amy, what are the key digital drivers facilitating the B Corp
3: certification? Well, the whole um, the whole certification process is really built around the B Impact Assessment that I mentioned before, the, which is a digital platform. And I think what is so fantastic about the, the BIA and other, you know, kind of tech platforms that we see out there as solutions for sustainability is the way that it makes it so accessible for people. So you know the BIA is a free online tool and there's all sorts of other more accessible tools out there for companies to use that really help them to understand their performance and they can, you know, calculate easily their greenhouse gas emissions or you know, even blockchain technology, which obviously supports the transparency that we've already highlighted is so important. So I think just really the, the innovation that is occurring in this space and using tech for good um, is, is really inspiring to see whether that be for, you know, smaller companies that need something accessible to know where to start, or whether it be for Businesses in developing markets that might not have had access to education or information otherwise. It's, um, there's a lot of really wonderful solutions coming to market. And at Avon Foundation,
0: Natalie, how are you using tech for good?
4: The great thing as we all see in our everyday lives with social media in particular is the ability to drive positive social change and to raise awareness of issues. Um, again, we saw that last year with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, this amazing harnessing of, of, of a moment. So uh, Avon for us, um, it is all about raising awareness of some of these key issues that are impacting women, Um who, as we've discussed gender based violence is a key issue for us to tackle right now because it's really um, it's really spiking across the world so last year we were one of the most important things we can do actually is signpost where to go to for help um, so through our isolated not alone campaign last year we created mass awareness you know we've got this amazing network of 5 million Avon representatives worldwide who are able to signpost clearly to their friends and their loved ones and their network where to go to for help. So that campaign had a huge reach, 200 million plus. And I think it's just a great example of how we can harness those digital drivers now to drive positive change.
0: And Joanne, what in 2021 are the most pressing environmental drivers for beauty companies to tackle?
1: To me, there are two really key issues that every company and every individual need to focus on. Um, And there are climate change, so um, CO2 emissions and the plastic pollution, these are the two key issues that I think we will see more and more companies addressing and focusing on. Um, And the need to innovate in terms of packaging and and formulations and products to address those issues. Um, For example, how do you reduce unnecessary packaging? Um, What type of plastic you're using, using post-consumer recycled material, especially in plastics, producing less virgin plastic, um, and really trying to find out the overall footprint um, emissions a carbon footprint of the company uh, across all three scopes so scopes one two and three and reducing them in each of those buckets we know that scope three in particular is not really measured in many companies at the moment and it constitutes often more than 90 percent of the emissions of a company Um, so we'll see more and more companies measuring their carbon footprint end to end and coming up with Um, solutions of reductions up to 2050.
0: And Claire, how do you help your clients at Good Business to measure um, their sustainability efforts? A
2: a large focus of our work is on the carbon impact, as Joanna rightly highlighted. I think the really interesting area, as she said, or or the the area that's that's much less well understood is is scope three, so carbon emissions within scope three or anything that's not directly related to the business's own operational footprint Um, and i think for a beauty company that raises some really interesting questions it's it's about how the consumer uses the product if i turn on the shower to have a have a shower and wash my hair with avon products you know the, the gas that i'm burning has a carbon impact and what can beauty companies do to help me minimize my own personal carbon footprint you know you can have products that are um multi-purpose that reduce the amount of packaging and so on so one of the things we do with our clients is explore those kinds of innovations um joanna mentioned packaging as well and some really interesting um things that we're working on looking um particularly with food companies at things like um food sachets made of seaweed that will just biodegrade you can them in your compost or if you're that way inclined, you can even eat them. So those kinds of innovations that um, are really niche and specific at the moment, but that in in time, I think will just come to be seen as as mainstream and and standard. Uh, The other area where we help our clients often is in understanding investor expectations. And I think that's really important um, in terms of where big mainstream investors are starting to focus. And there's a real expectation from them that the companies that they invest in will decarbonize their portfolio. So helping our clients respond to those investor expectations is a real area of focus for us. So it's coming from the consumer, but it's also coming from the investor and that's making for a very powerful combination.
3: And at Seismic, Amy? So we, uh, you know, at Seismic as well as, as B Corp, which you know looks does a great job at helping businesses to look at their own environmental impact of you know within their facilities but also through their supply chain and within their products um, as well as b corp, we are um, we are very focused on net zero which we believe you know b corp and net zero are the two kind of most powerful movements of our time that are really going to help businesses to genuinely take action on the issues that are the most pressing. Um, And so there's a, and they're really complementary. There's a fantastic kind of community around both, especially um, in the kind of crossover between B Corp's and net zero. So there's a wonderful climate collective, which is run by, by B Lab and has thousands of companies who are involved and who have committed to, um, to net zero, they produce uh, playbooks uh, on how to address the climate emergency, how your business can act, what, you know, what does it mean for you to take meaningful action? Uh, And it's, it's, it's really powerful.
0: And at Avon Foundation, Natalie, um, Natura has just released uh, sustainable bonds and raised 1 billion US dollars uh, because
4: of that. How is that all impacting the business? Um, one of the amazing things for Avon about being part of the Natura and Co family is that we are part of a family of companies who genuinely want to be a force for good you know we always say we don't want to be the best beauty company in the world we want to be the best beauty beauty company for the world and um you know we've talked a little bit about customer Pressure uh, for companies to be more sustainable. We've talked about ESG pressure, but there's also a movement coming proactively from business itself. You know, this isn't about being dragged, horse being dragged to water. This is about the really crucial role that large organizations and communities of companies can play in making a positive difference to people and planet. And to Anne,
0: what, if any, are the key governmental drivers aiding or abetting the beauty industry's green transformation?
1: Um, I think we've all seen in the last few years more legislation being produced on EU level and individual country level uh, to help tackle the two pollutions I talked about earlier, the um, CO2 emissions and plastic pollution. And so last week we were told that the UK government, uh, put a target of 78% reduction of CO2 by 2035. We'll see more governments, um, setting targets, similar targets and, you know, that business will have to catch up and think how we're going to accelerate, um, the carbon reductions at Matura and Coen Avon our targets of net zero is to 2030. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to be net zero by 2030, but other companies have a a more long-term view to 2050 and will have to accelerate. We also have in many countries plastic tax. So the government is realizing that they need to do something to incentivize companies to produce less plastic and to um, virgin plastic, but also to help with recycling and with collections. Um, that's both on an EU level and um, in the UK. We also are seeing human rights policies being mandated in the EU in some countries. The ac- company actually needs to have human rights policy. Um, in the UK, for example, you need to produce them on the slavery, re- modern slavery, slavery report every year. Um, and so this kind of legislation is really making sure everybody is doing the right thing and giving incentives sometimes it's a carrot sometimes it's a stick you know um and uh in, in the plastic tax case for example if you're not doing the right thing you know you're going to be hit with a large bill so you'd rather invest in recycled plastic or reducing plastic to avoid that um i think we'll see more legislation coming up i think it's only the beginning but governments definitely can do a lot. Another thing governments need to do and probably will do, but it's a bit more difficult, is um, investing in infrastructure for recycling and waste. We don't always have the right recycling facilities in many countries to dispose of how to recycle beauty packaging, for example. Um, and lastly, we will see more focus on water. There's not enough focus on water um, consumption and use um, in use of the product and in production um, we do have a water target reducing five percent water intensity by 2025 and we will see more companies setting similar targets in future
0: and uh good business Claire is water the main concern
2: uh, I think water's A really unexplored area as as Joanna says and obviously so important to the beauty industry both because it uses water but also its products end up in water systems and I think that um, the focus on plastics that we've seen over the last couple of years was brought about in part by the extraordinary impact that Blue Planet had but I do think the sort of consequences of other things we put into the oceans are definitely coming down the track. I think oceans and, and water purity is a as a really underexplored area for regulation at the moment, is going to become incredibly important. So from a beauty industry perspective, I absolutely um, agree that that's going to become absolutely front and centre of the way people think about things. And any other government drivers for you? Um, I think there's going to be some interesting uh, sort of focus on on disclosures and the way you know looking at, particularly in the UK, you know, the, the gender um, pay gap reporting, for example, which which all companies over a certain size are required to disclose details of differences in, in pay at different levels of seniority has really caused organisations to think about these issues. So not just to put the information out there, but, but, but the, the fact you have to put the information out there sh- sh- shines a light on um on what you're doing. So, to go back to what Natalie was talking about at the beginning, in terms of that increased emphasis on diversity and inclusion, I, I think those kinds of requirements of a, on a business to report do, do create positive change. Um, and I think, as well, the other one that was quite interesting, I think, was the again in the UK last year the um, Competition and Markets Authority indicating it was going to be cracking down on claims that products general products were eco-friendly it's going to be a really interesting one for the beauty industry. Um, you know, it's such a it's such an overused term. Clean beauty has no real strong definition um, in law. So again, sort of forcing companies to be more transparent um, through tightening up rules around what can and can't be claimed, I think will both force businesses themselves to to improve, but also have that dual purpose of educating consumers about what it is that they're buying. And again, that's obviously government driven.
0: Yeah. And at Seismic, Amy, how is government impacting the B Corp certification process?
3: So there's something kind of exciting happening here at the moment, which is that to be a B Corp, you um, have to commit to considering all stakeholders when acting on behalf of the business and not just shareholders. And actually in the UK, B Lab UK is currently campaigning for a change to the law where they're amending one of the um, sections of the Companies Act to actually require that it's not just V Corps, but actually all companies that will need to consider all stakeholders and put people and planet alongside profit um when acting on, on behalf of the company. And that is really exciting because it, it just empowers directors to make decisions uh, you know, on behalf of things other than uh, just profit and kind of pulls away from this idea of shareholder primacy and, and towards a more kind of considerate durable future for everybody. So I think um, it's going to be really exciting to see how it goes as a wonderful coalition of organizations who are supporting that and looking forward to seeing uh, hopefully the
4: better business act be passed.
0: And
3: how would that support the Avon
0: foundation Natalie?
4: Well, we really welcome the increased focus on sustainability and the commitments that, that governments are making. It would be terrific if we could start to see uh, more consistency in standards on reporting. And actually, uh, when it comes to the environmental side of things, there are more established metrics and um and targets it would be terrific if we could start to see more on the social change side as well so that we're looking at people as well as the planet when it comes to triple bottom line reporting and
0: finally joanna what should could the sustainable beauty conversation look like in 12 months time
1: I think it's going to be very much a continuation and an expansion of what we're talking about now and really taking it a step forward. So if you look at our commitments to life, we are looking at net zero strategy, uh, diversity and inclusion, equality, human rights, and full circularity of products. And I think all of those are going to continue in the next 12 months. Uh, we are going to see more companies, as I said before, setting net zero goals that are soon at the 2050, which is the UN end date, uh, seeing that the UK government committed to 2035 with a really large uh, reduction target, um, This will incentivize especially UK companies to move forward on that. Uh, We will also see acceleration in full circularity, innovation in products, packaging and formulations move to more clean beauty and really understanding the impact um, of formulations and the materials we use for packaging on the environment. And I think we're going to see a huge uh, focus on supply chains human rights in the supply chain traceability of ingredients materials where they come from what are the human environmental implications of sourcing those ingredients so i'm seeing the beauty industry in the next 12 months really putting um also it has together you know we we are part of a lot of Uh, groups, um, industry groups who think together how to tackle those challenges. So it's not each company to their own. We really look at this as a community. And I think that's really fantastic from my perspective to see that we're not the only ones, but we are leading the way and we're very proud to be leading the way as part of Natura & Co. As Natalie said, being the best beauty company for the world and we'll continue being part of um, those groups and moving this agenda forward
0: and the sustainability movement is 20 years old Claire what should could sustainable beauty conversation look like in 12 months time and is community in industry the way forward
2: I think that the conversation is going to gather pace at a rate that is probably going to be really surprising to us when we we look back in in 12 months time Um, I think that there's really a moment right now a sort of coming together of a whole lot of forces, the growing pace of the B Corp movement, uh, the number of new businesses signing up to be B Corp's. There's COP26 on the horizon at the end of this year, which is really going to shine a spotlight on um, environmental impacts as we come out of the pandemic. And there's an emphasis on building back better. I think that the pace of change, the pace of conversation at least is going to increase. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how beauty companies navigate that. As Joanna said, so much of that needs to be done in partnership. You know, it's it's all very well for businesses to design products that are recyclable but actually if the infrastructure to recycle them doesn't exist those those efforts are wasted so i think those partnerships are going to gather pace and you know beauty is such a complicated industry you've got so many different ingredients going into one product the packaging is so complicated it needs to keep the product safe and hygienic you've got so many issues around diversity and representation it's it's such an ex it's such a challenging industry from a sustainability perspective but it's also i think so exciting and i think there are so many opportunities so i I think the conversation is going to gather in importance i think it's going to become more embedded in the way consumers think about it Um, and i think in in a year's time we'll be looking back and thinking wow we've come a long way and is
0: b corp the way forward for sustainable beauty companies in the next 12 months
3: amy of course <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased. I'm a massive advocate for B Corp, but um, but but genuinely, you know, I think there is a lot of space for, um, for leadership, like we're seeing from you know the wonderful Avon and their sister companies, uh, who are who are really leading in this area. And while there's there is increasing interest from beauty and cosmetics companies. Um, There's, there's definitely a lot of space for others to step up and, uh, and to join the likes of Avon, Um, you know, really walking the walk and, and, and proving that it's not just about, you know, the odd claim here or there that they can put on their packaging, but actually this is, um, you know, they're really committed to using their business as a force for good across all aspects of, you know people planet etc and at Avon Foundation Natalie what should
0: could the sustainable beauty conversation look like in 12 months time
4: I just think we have an amazing opportunity right now to start to harness our collective power as an industry more. We've got this amazing moment in time to, to rebuild better, to look at how we can not just innovate in packaging um, product and how we're running our business, factories but you know how can we really be more inclusive and democratic as an industry how can we tackle inequalities you know, particularly around gender inequalities um you know which are of such a close relationship to our industry and how can some of the bigger organizations in this industry help to create collective action and broader action with all of those small and medium-sized organizations some of the niche companies that we see in beauty the individual business owners you know at avon we're comprised of our avon reps our individual um beauty business owners yeah so we're really keen on looking at how can we harness that collective power so that together we're all creating a force for positive change and with that i would
0: like to thank joanna claire amy and natalie for taking part today and to you for listening